Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Paul Wadlington. We're going to talk a little college football on this Saturday morning. Uh, Paul, you and I talk about many uh, sundry subjects uh, when we're not on camera. One that we started to talk about off camera, but we actually want to relate and start with right now. Uh, there are a lot of games coming in, in, in today. We're going to get to those, especially in the Big 12. Uh, including the BYU-Texas game. But let's talk Michigan first, because I've been dying to get to know your thoughts on the cheater, Jim Harbaugh, and uh, what he's got going on in Michigan right now. None of this is proven, Bobby. These are all <laughs> allegations. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's looking like Michigan had a pretty relatively sophisticated signal-stealing operation uh, led by Connor Stallions. Uh, if you read that book in a you read that name in a, in a fiction book, you'd be like, all right, that's a little over the top. You know, this is stupid. Just give him a normal name. But yes, it's Connor Stallions, who used to work also with Jed Fish. So the Stallions-Fish combo, don't order it at your local Denny's. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's been pretty fascinating. And I think it's revealed something that we all know, which is signal stealing was part of the game gamesmanship of college football. The question was, to what degree were you doing it? And could you implement systems to actually employ it in game, right? To make it actionable. And then were you doing things which are a big no-no, which is you're doing pre-opponent scouting, which used to be acceptable. I mean, we know famously Barry Switzer used to spy on Daryl Royal and Daryl Royal knew it and would always upset him and because it broke sort of what he considered to be a coach's gentleman's code, right? And that was outlawed. So you're not allowed to do this pre-scouting and you're certainly not allowed to align signals uh, in your pre-scouting. And it's been pretty, it's been proven pretty conclusively that Michigan had a pretty extensive operation doing just that. So the more interesting thing to me, Bobby, is not only did they decode the signals, but they've got pictures of the guy who did it standing next to their defensive coordinator on the sideline with a laminate with all of the signals. And Michigan has created certain quick signals that they can send into their defense to basically act on that information and make it actionable. Because look, most, most coaches or even experienced people. I mean, I, you know, when a team lines up in a certain formation, uh, I'm pretty good at guessing their play right before the snap, but that doesn't mean I could have done anything actionable about it to communicate to the defense. And in fact, if you do it late, you might actually confuse your defense and, and make them not play, uh, you know, instinctive and, and assignment football here's my problem like like i think that that i think sign stealing goes on period full stop right yes i as far as i know the vast vast majority of it is what i would consider gamesmanship brent venables looks at steve sarkeesian and sees what he's calling then reacts right the idea of filming an opponent's sideline from a cell phone bought by a ticket by an undergraduate student that's in the recruiting department and you send him to a game is not only illegal by NCAA rules, it pales by comparison anything that you would do. That's not gamesmanship. That's cheating. Agreed. You know, and, you know, my deal is that, that Jim Harbaugh has a history of blurring the lines. Uh, he's already been in trouble once because of a recruiting violation. He always is the guy looking for that edge, but it's a real problem when you, where you don't know where land ends and 
the water begins. And that seems to be Jim Harbaugh. He has no, he thinks he has a moral compass because he went to Michigan and he's a Michigan man. Right. He doesn't have a moral compass clearly, or else he wouldn't be this guy. I mean, well, that, that's my opinion. And, and people go, Oh, well, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Bo did this. Well, we find out also Bo had some skeletons in his closet too. So yeah, well, I just feel like I, I like Michigan as a program, as a school. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for that school. I really do. I have almost zero right now for Jim Harbaugh and what he did. Well, he didn't know about any of this, Bobby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He didn't know about it, but there's like a eight ring binder next to his offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator as they're calling plays. There's also Venmo payments that are public for stuff like <laughs> sign stealing emoji wink. Uh, hey, I will say this, Bobby, you mentioned Brent Venables. The word out of the ACC and, and with Clemson is not all of his sign stealing was organic in nature on game day. And I'll leave it at that. Interesting. Yeah, well, that that's that would be that would be bad as well. All right, let, let's keep going here and, and talk a little bit and transition from uh, something kind of untoward, in my opinion, to something a little more, more interesting. And that, that's Texas football. Uh, so Texas plays BYU, hosts the, the Cougars uh, at two thirty. Paul, you were the first person to say this. The Longhorns have the Cougars two weeks in a row. I didn't I didn't think about that when Houston and BYU came or uh, were on the schedule. Uh, but uh, Texas favorite heavily, three three score favorite basically, seventeen and a half to eighteen and a half, depending where where you read it this morning. Um, what are your thoughts on this game uh, overall? The game is going to be played, by the way, uh, at two thirty on uh, on ABC. More Cougars than the Applebee's happy hour, Bobby. <laughs> yeah. We have our next installation of Cougars. Uh, yeah, I, I look, obviously, we have a history with BYU. That history being them kicking the crap out of us uh, when when Texas was probably not expecting it uh, in, in some pretty tough situations. That said, every year is different. Every team is different. What happened in the past is probably not particularly relevant. And if, if Texas is looking past this BYU team, I mean – We've got bigger issues, right? I mean, our, our goal should be right in front of us every week, and every week should be treated like a championship game. So I, I think it's going to be fascinating. Obviously, we're going to be starting a, a novice signal caller and Malik Murphy. Everyone likes Malik. He's a charismatic guy. He's a big, strong, tough old dude, great leadership qualities. Everybody in the program really likes the guy. Uh, but he's 19 years old, and he's starting his first game at the University of Texas. And he's going to be doing it in front of 100,000 people in front of God and country. And uh, he's going to have some nerves in his in his stomach when he runs out there. And he's going to be fired up. And Texas has to find ways to encourage the things that he does well. And he does things very well. But they also got to find a way to compensate for some of his inexperience. Because, you know, the Sark offense is not necessarily very friendly to inexperienced and unseasoned quarterbacks, Bobby. And I think Sark has some awareness of that. And I think we, we should probably game plan accordingly. What do you think? I agree. And, and Sark said that on Monday. He's going to go with the plays that those the quarterbacks, not just Malik, but also Arch, like. And I think he should. I think that's a smart take. Uh, keep it simple, stupid, uh, is the old uh, moniker uh, that they used in uh, high school football for sure. And if Sark does that, I mean, I think it might help Texas find a real identity beyond just Quinn Ewer's slinging the ball around the yard. I mean, maybe they really rely 
and find something that works uh, against the run game. Although I, I do think that that's BYU's, uh, they're going to they're gonna obviously add a guy to the box to make Malik Murphy or, and or uh, Arch Manning beat him. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how it works. But I, I like the Longhorns in this. My only caveat to that is if Malik Murphy turns the ball over three times in the first half. And all of a sudden yeah, we're I mean, looking at a 14 to three game at half with BYU up. And now Texas has got to come from behind and that's going to be a tough ask. No doubt. I, I, I think we'll do things to minimize that, but uh, you mentioned Arch and, and I was actually having a discussion with Ian Boyd, our, our pal and colleague at inside Texas about this on my podcast, the everyone gets a trophy podcast. And he, he brought up, Hey, are we going to play Arch? And I said, I don't think we are. I would play him. I'd, I'd play him like third series of the game. And I tell Malik, we're going to do it just and, and like keep it up front. So no one's upset. Uh, but do you think we're going to see Arch Manning in this game? Almost unquestionably. You think I, I, so? think this will be, I think this will be his debut. If they, if it goes bad, yes. And if it goes good, yes. That's, you see what I'm saying? So both ways. And I do think that Sark in, on, in his Thursday press conference made fact that, hey, I probably need to get a second, a backup some time if Malik's going to be the starter. Um, okay, now, so and am, am I going to be held to it? No. So I don't yeah. think he's going to go in saying, oh, Arch, you're definitely coming in on the third series. Now, may, maybe he changes today. Maybe he's changed his mind or something today. Uh, as opposed to earlier in the week. But I, I think that we'll see a, at least a series or two of Arch Manning uh, today. Interesting. You know, I would do that myself. I wasn't sure if Sark was going to do that because I know he likes to instill confidence in his guy and he doesn't want Malik to feel like he's being undercut. But it makes sense to me to play both and and tell one guy he's going to get most of the snaps and one guy he'll, he'll be a little subordinate in the first half. And then in the second half, Hey, who went in there and played well? So, yeah, that's interesting. So, well, I respect your opinion. I'm, I'm keeping a more open mind then about Sark doing that, and I'll be very interested to see on Saturday. Yeah, I, it's like I said, Malik throws three interceptions, or have, we we turn the ball over three times in the first half. I think you're going to see Arch if Texas is leading by two touchdowns. I think you're going to see Arch late. Um, it, the only way you don't, in my opinion, is if it's a nip and tuck game and Malik is playing well. Or at least passable. You know what I mean? That would be the 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 one way you wouldn't. All right, uh, Longhorns uh, BYU uh, will be here. Uh, more coverage coming on on Texas football today, uh, as well as inside Texas on Texas football. We'll have uh, the uh, <laughs> the watch with us, uh, followed by our post game show. Rod Babers, myself, uh, Andrew Kelson. Also, we'll have a pregame uh, myself and Jerry Hamilton here in a, uh, about an hour or so. Uh, coming away. Paul, a question for you. Another another game's going on exactly at 2.30 that we want to talk about nationally. Georgia and Florida on CBS. That's the cock, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And then Oregon, Utah uh, and on Fox. Those are two of the top three teams in the Pac-12 right now. Yeah, I, uh, I'm very intrigued by the Georgia-Florida game because they are going to be without Brock Bowers the all-world all tight end. However, they're getting back some receivers healthy to include Ladd McConkey. And I got to say, I, I've, as unimpressed as I've been with Mike Bobo, the Georgia OC, replacing Monken, I think Beck has played really well. I, I just, I think he's a good quarterback. So 
I think Georgia may throw the ball around a little bit in this game and really test that Florida defense. Also, I cannot get the image out of my head, Bobby, of Kentucky just running the ball down Florida's throat and Florida not being able to do a thing about it. I mean, I don't think, I don't know if Georgia is going to try to imitate that game plan per se, but there was just something about that, seeing that away from the swamp of, of how Florida performed that I know Georgia hasn't covered against the spread. I know they've sort of been disappointing, right? For as disappointing as an undefeated team can be. But I can't get those images out of my head. I mean, what do you think? Do you think Florida is going to jump up and, and make a game of it as the underdog? I, I do think they will because this is a lot like Texas OU, neutral site game. Uh, the fans all look forward to it each and every year. You never really know what's going to happen. Uh, I could see uh, Georgia beating them badly. I could see Florida pulling an upset. I really could. Uh, Graham Mertz, the Florida quarterback, starting to play better now. He's at 70-plus percent now on the year, which I think is huge for them. And uh, But to your point, uh, Georgia's guys up front, if, if Florida can't stop the run against Kentucky, how in the hell are they going to do it against Georgia? You know, and that's – especially when Georgia certainly has bigger threats over the top and, in my opinion, uh, a better quarterback than Devin Leary. Uh, that's that's going to be a good one. Certainly going to be a lot of talent on the field during that game. Uh, Florida 5-2 and two right now. Georgia 7-0. and oh. It would not hurt my feelings if Florida lost and became 5-3 and three since Texas is recruiting several players against the Gators right now. Uh, all right, Oregon and Utah at 2.30 on Fox. Texas, of course, on ABC. Uh, Georgia, Florida on CBS. Oregon, Utah, Fox at 2.30. Those are two ranked teams in the Pac-12. Yeah, I'm, I think this can be an exciting game. It's at Utah, which is key. If it was at Oregon, I'd, Utah would have no chance, in my opinion. Uh, they've got a chance at home, and it's a. I, I've got to. You got to tip your hat to that coaching staff for what they've done without Cam Rising, without Brant Keithy, the tight unbelievable. end. Unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. They just lost Lander Barton, who is their all-world middle linebacker. That Texas was pretty. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Close to, to getting. Uh, we would love to have that guy on our defense, I'll tell you. I think I think some of that's going to get exposed finally. And, and I understand people saying, well, people said that about USC. USC's done. Like that, that, that program is just falling apart. I mean, I don't even know what the hell's going on with, with Lincoln Riley and Grinch and Caleb Williams pouting on the sideline, ready to, I mean, he, he looks like he's about to quit and go train at a private training center and get ready for the draft. Uh, so 
I don't think that's a good barometer of Utah's quality necessarily. The game that I look at, Bobby, is when Utah played UCLA. Very nip and tuck game. UCLA kind of gave that game away because of their freshman quarterback uh, throwing a pick six on the first game, first, first play of the game. What was instructive to me was that UCLA's defense pretty much dominated Utah. And I think more or less Oregon's defense is a reasonable approximation of UCLA. They may not actually be as physical as UCLA up front, but I think they've got some DBs. I don't, I just have trouble seeing Utah getting a, a path to points in this game over four quarters. I think they'll keep it tight. I think they might lead for portions of this game. And I think eventually Oregon's going to hit some explosives on them. It is at Utah and tough That's place to play. Yeah, tough place to play. Um, Colorado, UCLA, briefly. Uh, uh, the Buffs go to the Bruins. That's the 630 game that follows Texas uh, BYU on ABC. I love UCLA in this game, and I think there's a high probability that they smash Colorado. Chip Kelly's got something going on right now. I, I really do believe that. He's he's proven his mettle a little bit right now in the, in the college game. Uh, Paul, uh, before we go to the Big 12, I want to talk OU for sure, as well as K-State and Iowa State. Uh, but uh, before we go on, I want you to mention and talk about our sponsor, Gabe Winslow. Yeah, hey, it's uh, October, not prime house hunting time. But if you are in the housing market, this is actually a pretty good time to go get a house. You're not going to be competitively bidding with 18 other people as it was like a year ago. Uh, give Gabe a call. If you're going to get a mortgage, this is the guy you want in your quarter. Uh, just today, I got a fantastic email forwarded to me from Gabe. Uh, I'll have it forwarded to you as well, Bobby. One of your uh, viewers from On Texas Football picked up the phone and called 832-557-1095, did a deal with Gabe. Gabe closed it in like two weeks, which is basically unheard of. And uh, the guy was absolutely thrilled with the level of service he got. And he said, I can't thank you enough. It's a different experience than what I've ever had from any other mortgage guy. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah, please send it for me if you don't mind. That's yep, really nice to fun. hear. And glad that uh, someone was able to help another fellow Longhorn out. Hey, uh, Paul, Big 12 the games this week, there's like a trio of games at 11. Uh, so OU goes to KU, Houston goes to Kansas State, West Virginia, Central Florida. What do you think about OU-KU first? I love this game. I'm going to be watching it for sure uh, or, or tape it at the yeah. very minimum. Uh, here's the battle. Can the home field and KU's coaching overcome what is man-for-man -man better athletes on the OU side? We saw some coaching from UCF last week uh, where they, they got under OU's skin on a couple of things. And I think UCF probably has better athletes in, in some areas, particularly the defensive line, than Kansas has. But I, I really like that Kansas staff. I think at least in the first half, their goal, go get a lead and then try to hold on as OU gets their sea legs and puts the game on the back of Dylan Gabriel they really need to shut down Dylan Gabriel running, extending plays with his legs, and then finding guys deep, uh, particularly Nick Anderson. I think that's a guy they really need to look at and try to shut down. Jaleel Farouk will be the chain mover for them, for OU. But I think Nick Anderson's going to be the guy they're trying to hit those explosives. Uh, OU's not been able to run the ball at all this year, Bobby. And that's really how Texas ended up dominating Kansas. Of course, Jonathan Brooks just went off 218 yards rushing. OU has not shown the ability to run on really anyone. So if Kansas can stop the OU running game, 
and and do enough against the OU passing game, maybe even turn them over with Kobe Bryant and some of those guys. KU's got a real shot, man. I I, I think it's going to be a, a potentially great game. Interesting. Uh, oh, if OU didn't start so quick on offense, I'd be I'd be I'd consider going with KU in this game. But OU put this starts so quick on offense typically uh, that I'm gonna I'm gonna think that. Uh, I think Dylan Gabriel is going to get it done uh, in the Sooners. Houston at K-State. The Cougars beat West Virginia, losing the last quarter to Texas. A heartbreaker there for them. Uh, now K-State has this quarterback two-headed monster that's kind of ripping through the Big 12. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, K-State at home? I think K-State's going to rush for about 325 yards, and I think they're going to control the game and pace. Uh, now, I think Houston – We'll find some shots. Donovan Smith throwing the ball well. Uh, they've obviously got dangerous receivers. I think that Kansas State saw some stuff on film of what Houston unraveled against us. And I, I don't think they'll be unprepared for mesh or crossing routes, Bobby. So, right, yeah. Uh, I think I think it'll be an interesting, entertaining game. But I expect Kansas State to assert themselves and potentially blow this thing wide open by the middle, late third quarter. Boy, I, I think they're going to win by 40. Wow. I got to I got to say that I think I think K-State right now is the best team in the Big 12 that I've seen given the new two quarterback stuff even though I think their defense is beatable I'm not so sure there's a better offense out there. Um West Virginia Central Florida uh Central Florida coming off a loss West Virginia coming off a loss not too much to say about that that's on FS1 uh you got anything other than I think that that basically my take on this is Neil Brown probably coaching for his job again. Again, yeah. I mean, remember when everyone was worried in, in UT land because West Virginia was 2-0 and in Big 12 play? Well, now they're 2-2. Two and two. UCF is winless in Big 12 play. Uh, UCF played their hearts out against OU. Frankly, if they had a little better two-point play uh, when they had you know the potentially tying score, uh, they're going to overtime. And frankly, they had the momentum at that point against OU. So, you know, that'll be interesting. I think UCF has found a little something and I think they're going to put up points on West Virginia. That defense has been getting exploited. It's just a question of whether West Virginia can keep pace with them. I think this could be a highly entertaining, high-scoring game played in the 30s. Uh, ultimately, I kind of like UCF at home. Two more games. Uh, opposite Texas, BYU in the Big 12. you got Iowa State at Baylor at 2.30. And for the second consecutive week, Baylor not on TV. They're only on the internet. Uh, Iowa State, uh, Matt Campbell may have be doing, a, yet again, a tremendous coaching job after starting off this season like a turkey. Uh, he somehow turned around in Big 12 play. There is a trend with Big 12 teams of losing their starting quarterback and then re realizing the backup was better all along. Uh, Hello, TCU. Hey, Sonny Dyke. He's calling Sonny Dyke. That holds for Texas, baby. Right? Like, <laughs> let's go, Malik. Uh, but – yeah, I, I think Iowa State's found their guy. They found their style of play. They're throwing the ball around. They're not really paying the cost or consequence of throwing the ball around because Rocco Becht has not actually turned the ball over. Baylor's defense looks like a disaster. And for Dave Aranda to be a defensive-oriented coach and fail that badly on that side of the ball, that's tough. I also think Baylor's married to this guy. And I, I, I don't think there's an appetite to pass the hat and have a buyout for a guy who's got a contract through 2029. I think Iowa State's going to go into Waco and win this game. 
Mac Rhodes gets a lot of publicity for being a good athletic director and he's done pretty good, but a, hanging a, a contract like an albatross across a guy's neck, like he's got with a rander right now, Cincinnati go and uh, host or excuse me, Oklahoma state host Cincinnati. Cincinnati looks basically terrible. Oklahoma state again, rejuvenated Mike Gundy, Matt Campbell, both excellent coaches. We just talked about Matt Campbell and the Cyclones. Uh, what about Gundy and the Cowboys? Bearcats 0-4 in Big 12 play, Bobby. They just lost two consecutive home games. They got blown out almost by Iowa State or 30-10. to It wasn't that close. I watched the game. God help me. I don't know why. It's the uh, only thing on at 11. I watched it too. It's Honestly, it's my professionalism <laughs> and my dedication to Texas fans because I'm, I'm advanced scouting and trying to, I'm trying to get signals, Bobby. I was going to say, did you film it with your with your phone? And you're going to see me standing by the si on the sideline in Ames with a laminate right next to Pete Kwiatkowski <laughs> telling him what to do. But Steve Sarkeesian will not know about it. That's right. Well, Steve. Uh, oh, I just figured that was his long-lost cousin. Sark won't even recognize me. He'll just yeah. pass right by, no eye contact. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, the pokes are hot. I've been talking about Ollie Gordon on this show for, what, two consecutive weeks. And every week, he's doing something amazing uh, that even outpaces what he did the week before. Absolutely fantastic. Tell you what, the takeaway for me, and it's a reminder, the gap between those three-star running backs in the state of Texas and the four- and five-star running backs, after a year of lifting weights, some of these guys are – significantly better than the guys we were falling over just nine months ago saying, we've got to get this guy. You get a guy like Ollie Gordon, who's a, a three-star running back from Texas, and he is the eye test. This isn't just a creation. You look at him and it's like, this is the best, one of the best two or three running backs in all the Big 12. It's not even debatable. Uh, just phenomenal. I'll ride the pokes, man. Gundy's doing it. One last thing before I let you go. That's all the games in the Big 12. What do you think about this Texas Tech thing that's going on right now with the the spitting on the on the BYU players and then some other things that have uh, do you hear I know you heard about this you brought it up to me off camera talk a little bit about that and explain to to, to folks what's going on there so we they can have a a final say in this cuz it's really just I mean it's kind of just ridiculous It's weird and gross I would rather you punch me in the face than spit on me right <laughs> <laughs> That's just but yeah, Tech has this thing where they spat on BYU a bunch in Provo as they were getting whipped, and uh, they all denied it. Joey McGuire came out very sanctimonious. We wouldn't do that. Our God, how dare you? And then they provided the video evidence of Tech players looking at the officials, waiting for them to turn, and then spitting on BYU players. Uh, and one of them, the BYU players, even claims a guy came up and did it to him after the game. And as this came out on Twitter, of course, a bunch of OU fans start posting videos of old tech OU games where you see tech players spitting on OU players. That's the weirdest, stupidest of scandals, right? But McGuire's standing out there like Baghdad, Baghdad Bob saying, there's no evidence, there's no video evidence, and it's, it's all right there. So... Tech having a terrible season. They're three and five. They're in the gutter of the Big 12 after all the hype and all the trash talk this summer. And uh, they're going out there spitting on people, even as they're getting whooped in front of uh, an away crowd. So I don't know what's going on at Tech, but uh, don't spit on people. Most of us learn that in elementary school, nursery school. Pure class, pure class.
All right. All right. We got let, let's have a fun day of football uh, today. Uh, it's Saturday. God bless Saturday. I'm ready for some football. Longhorns play BYU at 2:30. A number of good games. Florida, Georgia at the same time. Uh, I'll be, you know, sitting in front of my TV, I guess a little bit here, looking at the Longhorns take on BYU. Malik Murphy with his debut as the starter uh, for the University of Texas. Uh, for Paul Wadlington of Inside Texas, I'm Bobby Burton. Thanks to our sponsor also, Gabe Winslow of mortgagesbygabe.com. Hook them.